God deserves every praise from every creature every day. This is the Everyday Christian Podcast. Season 2, Episode 15 of the Everyday Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Green, and today we have another listener request. Uh, We're going to talk about Christian parenting practices today. Now, I will be the first to tell you I am not an expert at this. I've only been doing this for about five years. Uh, We've got a five-year-old son, Andrew, and then we've got an almost three-year-old daughter, uh, Amelia, and then we've got a three-month-old, Mariah. So regardless of how much we know or don't know about parenting, uh, my wife and I, we're in the process of figuring it out. Now, one thing that I can tell you is that the Bible has a lot to say about this subject. So even though I don't have uh, a ton of experience in this realm, again, just about five years, uh, certainly We can glean a lot from Scripture, and that's what we intend to do for the podcast today. Probably the biggest thing that I can say right off the bat about parenting is that it's way more difficult than I've ever imagined parenting would be when I was a kid. Let's say when I was in my late teens, my early 20s, I thought, oh man, parenting can't be that bad. Now, just a little bit of background about myself. I was the oldest of six kids. It was me and then a sister who is about two years younger than me. And then the other four are considerably younger than the oldest two. And so you can imagine I got a lot of of uh, parenting-like experience growing up as the oldest of six. And especially with those four younger ones being considerably younger, uh, it was definitely valuable experience for me. But I can also remember this, when I was uh, the oldest of six, trying to look at my parents, and I think they should do this, I think they should do that, I think they should do this, I can tell you this, now that I'm a parent, it's a lot more difficult, and I'm capable of of showing a little bit more grace to my parents, because I know uh, just how challenging it is. I can remember thinking when I was a kid, I'll never let my kids watch YouTube on a phone. You know, little cartoons and things that they watch on on phones, smartphones. I'll never let my kids do that. Well, guess what? My kids do that occasionally. Now, they don't get to do it a whole lot, and we uh, we try to monitor what they're watching, of course. We try to limit the time on it, of course, uh, but they have done it. Okay, so right off the bat, um, my parenting is a little bit different than what I thought it was going to be. I'll never, ever let them eat junk food. Uh, yeah, right. Um, they're they're just going to order a hamburger uh, from McDonald's. We're not going to be into the little toys that just get thrown around in the vehicle. Yeah, uh, so much for that one. <laughs> so anyways, the point is, when you're not a parent, it's real easy to kind of be a an armchair uh, quarterback. But when you actually get into that role of parenthood, then it's a whole new ball game, so to speak. And so 
if there are any new parents listening to this, or maybe some old parents who have been there, done that, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. If there's somebody who uh, is not a parent yet, but maybe is expecting, uh, first of all, congratulations. And second of all, buckle up, because you're in for a journey. <laughs> but it is, it, it's a wonderful journey. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. Best times of my life uh, having children. Uh, but it is a tremendous, tremendous challenge. And uh, all of us parents, we need to kind of unite together and help one another out because, whew, man. Uh, anyways, so just saying that right off the bat. And I also want to say this about parenting. It's a growth process. Um, you're not going to be an expert parent right off the bat. Nobody is. Uh, people who have been parents for 20 years are not expert parents. You're always learning. You're always growing. And thankfully, when I think about growth, that describes the Christian life, doesn't it? Uh, it's always a, a cycle of growth. And we make mistakes, but we get back up, and we keep trying, and we do our best. So just as the Christian life is about uh, figuring this out, do, doing the best we can, uh, parenting is, is the same way. We realize our own imperfections. Uh, we strive daily to be more like Christ. And certainly we need to be more like Christ in our parenting uh, as well. Well, for this episode, I want to discuss parenting from five points of view. And the first is order of the home. Now, unfortunately, I think many people today have this a little bit backwards. The Bible is clear when it comes to the order of the home. We know that the husband is the head of the wife, just as Christ is the head of the church. The Bible is very plain about that. Uh, but also, we know that the Bible is plain about the role of children. Ephesians 6, verses 1 through 3 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. Sadly, today, it seems like many households have that backwards. It seems like the parents are bending over backwards uh, to the children's will. The children are running the household. The children are making demands for their parents. Uh, the children are disrespectful. You know, the, the Bible talks about times when children would be disobedient to parents, 2 Timothy 3.2. So we just need to be aware of this uh, when it comes to striving to be Christian parents. Uh, that we got to make sure that we're the ones running the household. Uh, we're running the show. Uh, it doesn't mean that we do it in a mean way. Uh, we don't lord over our children. We don't make them uh, wait on us hand and foot, so to speak. Um, now, is it wrong to uh, get your children to do things, to do chores? No, they need that. Uh, but we don't want to be harsh taskmasters uh, and just you know really, really be so overbearing uh, that we just kind of crush their spirit and, and they feel like they can't do anything right. Uh, we don't want to take it to that extreme either, but we do want to make sure uh, that they know who's boss and that uh, mom and dad, they're the bosses. And uh, the dad specifically is the, the leader of the home. If uh, little Johnny says, you know what, I don't want to do that, well, then little Johnny's going to be uh, punished because... He is disobeying his parents. Psalm 127 verse 3 says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. We often use this verse to 
describe how children are blessings from God. And that is absolutely the case. That's what this verse is saying. But what this verse is also saying when it comes to the order of the home is, yes, the children uh, belong to the parents. That's true. But also this verse says the children belong to the Lord. Uh, They're a heritage from the Lord. That's what it means. Uh, They come from the Lord. The Lord blesses us with them. Therefore, we as faithful Christian parents should be lending our, our children to the Lord, to his service. We should be like Hannah, who dedicated her son Samuel to the Lord, realizing that uh, our children serve a bigger purpose even than our individual families. Uh, they should serve the purpose of serving the kingdom of heaven, serving the Lord. Proverbs 1, verse 8 says, My son, hear the instruction of your father, and do not forsake the law of your mother. The Proverbs are filled with passages that show that children are to obey their parents, children are to respect their parents, children are to be disciplined by their parents. Well, we've talked about the order of the home. Now I want to transition into training. The home is the training ground of citizens in the kingdom of heaven. Think of it that way. Think of it as uh, the place of basic training before you go out into the battle of life, the spiritual battle that we're in as Christians. Well, basic training then is when mom and dad, uh, they're the drill sergeants, and they're drilling their children. They're, they're training their children to go out into the battle. And that's what we ought to be doing. Our children are like arrows that are are shot out toward a target. And we want to make sure that they don't miss the mark. We want to make sure that they hit the target. Well, what's the target? Well, the target is uh, godliness, righteousness, uh, being a a warrior for, for Christ. Well, let's talk about training then. What we just mentioned, Proverbs 1 verse 8, says, My son, hear the instruction of your father, and do not forsake the law of your mother. Verse 9 of Proverbs 1 says, For they will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains about your neck. The instruction from the father, the law from the mother, which is taught from God's law, it is being worn, figuratively speaking, like like garments, like ornaments, uh, chains about the neck. It's being worn by the children. So, the children take it with them everywhere they go. Now, if we have done our job as parents, then that's exactly what's going to take place. They're going to have a good conscience that's trained properly, and uh, they're going to take uh, knowledge of of God's Word, God's will. They're going to take that with them wherever they go, uh, to school, to the workplace, uh, to dating, which we talked about last time, last episode, um, to their home when, when they establish their own homes. They're going to take that And they're going to do tremendously well if we as fathers and mothers have taken our role uh, responsibly. Now, do not minimize the instruction of the father, uh, the law of the mother, which comes from God's law. We are to meditate on the law. We are to instruct uh, about God's law. That takes diligence. That takes effort. Um, 
not just a, a casual familiarity, although certainly we want them to be familiar with God's law, but it's even deeper than that. It's instruction. It's, son, uh, let me explain to you why we do this. Daughter, let me explain to you why we do that. Uh, son, now you're punished uh, for what you just did. Let me explain to you why. That's instruction. That's putting forth effort. That's making sure that they understand the will of the Lord. So that's the responsibility of parents. That's our responsibility. But listen to Proverbs 13, verse 1. A wise son, and certainly the same goes for a wise daughter as well. Uh, The converse is certainly true. A wise son or a wise daughter heeds his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. And we need to pray for our children. We need to pray that they'll have wisdom, which we should be uh, teaching them, and they should be gleaning from God's Word, especially in the Proverbs and other wisdom literature, but throughout God's Word. Uh, but we need to pray that they'll receive that wisdom. We also need to pray that they'll have a listening heart to our instruction. And a wise son, a wise daughter, will uh, listen to that instruction. Uh, a foolish son or daughter, a, a scoffer, will not do that. They're going to learn the lessons the hard way. And that's not to say that there's no hope for the one uh, who has to learn the lessons the hard way. Sometimes the ones who learn the lessons the hard way, they end up coming around. Uh, Think of that prodigal son in Luke chapter 15. So thankful uh, that even though they went out out into the world and ate with the pigs, they came back around. They realized what was right. So don't give up hope. Um, If you're listening to this and you have children who are uh, scoffers, uh, they're refusing to listen to wisdom, well, you never know. They may learn the hard way and and come back around. So uh, there is some hope there. But a wise son, he's going to listen. A wise daughter, she's going to listen. Proverbs 15, verse 5. A fool despises his father's instruction, but he who receives correction is prudent. And this is something that I think is important for us to remember when we're reading Proverbs. Uh, There's three things, knowledge, wisdom, and prudence. And there's a difference. Knowledge is just the general academic idea of knowing things. Now, just about everybody has knowledge, right? In fact, we all have knowledge of something. Uh, Some have more knowledge than others. But it's not the knowledge that's really important. It's what you do with the knowledge. That brings me to wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to know what you should do with knowledge. Wisdom is the ability to to know to do the right thing based on the knowledge that you have. From a spiritual standpoint, we're talking about knowing how to do the right thing spiritually, uh, living godly, living righteously. So that's wisdom. What about prudence? Prudence is taking the next step. Prudence is not only being wise, not only knowing how to do the right thing, knowing what the right thing is to do in a particular moment, prudence is actually following through and going ahead and doing that. So knowledge, certainly important, but take that a step further and you have wisdom, very important, but then take it a step even further and you have prudence, and that is using that knowledge, using that wisdom to do the right thing. Well, we want our children to be prudent. Uh, He who receives correction is prudent.
We're going to talk about correction here in a little bit. Proverbs 22, verse 6 says, Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I know some people think that that's talking about uh, how he's wired, how she's wired, and uh, what type of occupation they should be. And certainly there's some application there, but I think even more so, and I do believe that there's spiritual application in this verse. You train them up in the way that they should go. Well, what is the way? Well, Jesus is the way, right? He's the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, verse 6. You train them up in his way. Well, when they get old, they will not depart from it. But that takes a lot of effort. It takes years of daily effort to train them to go in that way. It's easier said than done. And you may be listening to this and uh, regret it, regrettably you realize, you know what, I didn't train my children in the way that they should go and, and they did depart from the way. Well, that's a very sad situation and, and uh, you know, I pray for you and we should pray uh, for those who find themselves in that situation. Um, but let's say that you don't have children in the house anymore um, and it's kind of in their hands now. Well, keep praying for them and uh, try to keep influencing them. Uh, perhaps church discipline is even needed. Um, certainly that, that is needed from time to time. And then the other thing is uh, try to help some young couple who has young children to see what happened and try to show them, look, I lost my children. I don't want you to lose your children. Let me show you some things from God's word that you need to make sure and emphasize uh, in the lives of your children. Ephesians 6 verse 4, uh, notice that the onus is on the fathers as the spiritual leaders, not to say that mothers don't play an important role as well. Certainly they do, and we've already seen it in some of these Proverbs. But Ephesians 6 verse 4 says, You fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Training, admonition, the idea of, of speaking the Lord's will to your children directly, clearly, making sure that they understand it, they know it, they know what they should do. Bring them up in that and do not provoke them unto wrath in doing so. Um, you need to be strict. They need to know the truth and they need to be expected to obey the truth. Um, but don't be harsh. There's a difference between strictness and harshness. Harshness, harshness is the idea of, of just being mean spirited in the strictness of, uh, of setting penalties that really don't fit the crime so to speak. Um, you didn't do your chores, so now you're grounded uh, for two months. Well, I don't know that that's uh, the, the appropriate response for the crime, okay? Uh, maybe ground them for a week. Now, uh, that's up to the individual parent as far as what they think on that, but I'm just saying you don't want to be purpose, purposefully harsh. Uh, strict, but not harsh. Don't provoke them unto wrath. If they perceive harshness, if they perceive hypocrisy from the parents even, and especially hypocrisy, uh, then that's going to provoke them to wrath. They're just going to be angry rather than accepting of the discipline. And then don't forget this, Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 through 9. Uh, Moses telling parents in Israel, These words will I command you today. They shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently. 
to your children. It takes effort. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. So the idea is that Scripture is everywhere. It's in the conscience of your children in in speaking to them daily about scriptural tenets. Um, It's even in uh, the decorations of the house, uh, decorations on clothing even. Scripture is everywhere. It's pervading uh, the lives of the family in in their communication, in their decorations. Uh, It's it's everywhere. If we do that, then we're going to be training our children uh, the way that they should go rather than just kind of leaving it up to chance. I guarantee if you leave it up to chance, uh, 99 times out of 100, it's not going to end well. Now, occasionally you will find a child that will kind of grow up and has a good spirit about them, and and they will kind of come to the truth on their own. That does happen, um, but it's pretty rare. So we've got to make sure as Christian parents that we take that active role so that we greatly increase our chances of having spiritually successful children. Now, let's say we do all this. Uh, we train them. We bring them up in the nurture and admonition. Uh, we give instruction. We talk about the Lord when we walk. Uh, by the way, when we rise up, when we lie down, we're constantly talking about the Lord, and they still depart from the way. Does that ever happen? Yes, it does. Uh, but w- it won't be because we didn't do our job as parents, though. That's the key. Uh, and if we do do our job as parents, then it does greatly increase the likelihood that they will be faithful Christians when they grow up. They do have free will, and so they can decide for themselves, uh, but they certainly will have received the benefit of having Christianity lived out in the home if we do our job as parents. So the next point I want to make regarding parenting is routine. Routine is important. It's critical. If we don't set a routine, uh, if we don't plan, well, we're planning to fail, okay? So as far as a routine goes, I actually have a podcast from season one on this, and I'll I'll post a link in the show notes so that you can go back and listen to that if you'd like to. Everyday Christians, everyday routine. This is important for families. And in that podcast, I, I mentioned Psalm 55, verse 17, uh, Daniel 6, verse 10. Both David and Daniel, they had a spiritual game plan. Evening, morning, and noon, what were they doing? They were praying, okay, three times a day. Three times a day, they had this spiritual emphasis. Now, they had a spiritual emphasis throughout the day, uh, the way that they lived their lives faithfully. But on top of that general spiritual emphasis, they had three specific times a day that they really dedicated some time to solely focus on their spirituality. They were praying. They were meditating on God's Word. They were talking about God's Word. And I think that's important for us uh, as we talk about our routine daily. What do we do generally each day? Uh, We have three meals a day, right? We have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Who's to say that it would not behoove us to dedicate within that time, uh, very convenient to do so, to have not only breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but spiritually speaking, we set aside that time for prayer, uh, and maybe instead of a five-second prayer before the meal, 
uh, maybe we, you know, we spend a few minutes on that prayer and we really talk to God. Uh, and then we, uh, as we're eating, we talk about uh, spiritual subjects with our children and our, our spouses. We uh, meditate on that. Don't you think that if we did that and we dedicated our days to that, that we'd be much better off spiritually? That we'd maintain focus? I know we would. And, and so let's seriously consider that. There's things that we need to include in our game plan every day. Uh, we need to get out of bed at a reasonable time. Proverbs 6, verses 9 through 11. I mentioned that uh, in that podcast from season one. Uh, get out of bed at a reasonable time. Get a good start on the day so that you can uh, not be rushed throughout the day, so that you're not groggy all day long because you slept too long in the morning. And you can be diligent as you go about your day. Uh, pray. Uh, again, Daniel, David, they prayed three times a day, very specific prayers at those times. And I'm sure they prayed other times as well, but they definitely had the three each day. Uh, Mark 1, verse 35, Jesus rose up early in the morning and he went to a solitary place to pray. Well, that's important. We need to start off each day with prayer. We need to end each day with prayer. Um, again, when you eat breakfast, when you eat lunch, uh, if, you, if your children are around, uh, dinner, uh, talk about those spiritual things. Deuteronomy chapter 6, again, that's a good time to put Deuteronomy chapter 6 uh, into practice. Psalm 119, verse 148, the psalmist was awake when most people were still sleeping through the night watches uh, so that he could meditate on God's word. Also, uh, as part of our daily routine, would it not behoove us to look for opportunities uh, to do things um, proactively as Christians? I'm talking about serving people, I'm talking about uh, benevolence, uh, visitation, going and visiting uh, the elderly members of our churches and, and other members of our churches as well. Maybe visit some prospects as well that you'd like to evangelize. That's something we need to be looking for opportunities to do each day, evangelism. Uh, carrying the Great Commission out. And then, um, finally, as far as the routine is concerned, finish the night with family Bible time. This is something that I did not emphasize early on in marriage, and I wish I would have. It's important for husbands and wives and, and children to, right before you go to bed, get together and talk about the Lord. Talk about His Word. Uh, pray to Him. Sing songs. Uh, have a Bible game. Uh, just just do things that give you that spiritual focus so that as you lay, lay your head down for bed, that your mind is pure, uh, your mind is spiritually in tune. You go to sleep, you refresh, that brain refreshes for the next day. Uh, it's doing so spiritually. Uh, it's extremely important for us to end each night uh, doing that. And I talk about that in the Everyday Christian Everyday Routine podcast as well. Talk about some ideas uh, that you might can use in your family. And hopefully that can be very beneficial to you uh, as you try to uh, do this every night. Now, I make this point in that podcast as well. doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect in your routine. One thing about routines is that it's... It's uh, likely that they're going to be broken from time to time. Uh, when that happens, realize that we're human, uh, but don't let that occasional breaking of the routine become the norm. 
and then all of a sudden you're just not doing it at all anymore. Uh, pick yourself back up when you make those mistakes uh, and get back to the daily routine. So if, if we have this daily routine as Christians, that's going to help us uh, to to always maintain that spiritual focus as as Christian parents, uh, as Christian families. That, mean, that brings us to the next point, and that is we need to have the proper priorities. Matthew 6.33, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Lesser things, unimportant things, they'll be added unto you. Uh, God's going to take care of us, but seek first the kingdom of God, because we've got to do that if we want to, to go be with God one day in heaven. Philippians 3 verse 20, our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where our, our priority is, in heaven, not on the earth. Well, if we're going to have a proper priority then, uh, what do we need to make sure? Uh, we need to make sure that we don't let other things take the priority in our lives. Uh, sports, hobbies, TV, uh, movies, uh, entertainment, all this, that can't take the priority in our lives. Uh, family, even. Uh, family is super important, very important. Uh, but it can't take the priority over heaven. Uh, Jesus said that uh, there would be family members at odds with one another over some obeying him and some not obeying him. Uh, what if we show preferential treatment uh, to a non-Christian family member to the detriment of our spirituality? Uh, that uh, is not showing the proper priority uh, to our children. So that's key. That's crucial. We need to make sure that our number one goal is to be like Christ, to obey him to the best of our ability, to serve him so that we can be with him one day in heaven. Well, the final point that we want to make in this podcast is discipline. Sadly, this is very controversial these days, but it certainly shouldn't be. The Bible is very, very, very clear on this. Now, before we get into what the Bible says about how to discipline, I want to first talk about the purpose of discipline. Hebrews 12, verses 7 through 11, talks about chastisement, which is discipline. It says, if you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. So he's making the connection between how parents are supposed to discipline their sons. And uh, the converse is also true, their daughters. God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. If you don't discipline your children, you're not treating them like your children. That's what he's saying here. Uh, it goes without saying that parents are to discipline their children. Now, many parents today are failing miserably at this. They are not disciplining their children. They're not teaching them to respect authority. And it shows by the way that children are acting at school, the way that children are, t are uh, treating their siblings, uh, the way that they out act out in public, so on and so forth. But if you are a parent and you're biblically embracing the role, then you will discipline your children. 
Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. The only way that you can make your children earn, uh, that you can earn their respect is if you correct them. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? If we respect our Father earthly, then we'll respect our Heavenly Father. For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them, but he for our profit, God for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Okay? Correction, chastening, discipline. It's painful, but it serves a purpose. Nevertheless, afterward it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. That's the purpose of discipline. The peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So when we talk about the training that must take place uh, by us as parents to our children, it must, 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 I cannot say it enough, include discipline. Well, I want to run through some Proverbs that show us how to discipline our children. This is not Chase Green. This is Solomon, who was inspired from the book of Proverbs. What should we do to discipline our children? Proverbs 13, verse 24. He who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. How do you discipline? You use the rod, and you do it promptly. The King James says betimes. The idea that uh, you discipline them as soon as and as often as needed. Well, when do they need that? It varies depending on the child, but somewhere in the range of the terrible twos is probably when they start needing discipline. Okay? I know that there are many people that are against what the Bible says here about discipline, uh, but if we believe the Bible, if we're Christians, we have to do this. Proverbs 19, verse 18. Chasten your son while there is hope. And do not set your heart on his destruction. If you do not discipline your children, they will be led down a path of destruction. Proverbs 22, verse 15. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of correction will drive it far from him. Proverbs 23, verses 13 through 15. Do not withhold correction from a child. For if you beat him with a rod, he will not die. You shall beat him with a rod and deliver his soul from hell. What's more important? His soul. My son, if your heart is wise, my heart will rejoice. Indeed, I myself. Proverbs 29, verse 15. The rod and rebuke give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Proverbs 29, verse 17. Correct your son, and he will give you rest. Yes, he will give delight to your soul. And we need to understand that correction, discipline, and that does include corporal punishment. That's not the only form of punishment. We could talk about grounding. We could talk about taking away privileges, um, sending them to their room, what have you. There's lots of methods of punishment, discipline. But corporal punishment is one of them. Be sure of that. Uh, we've just read many passages on it. Uh, but when you do that, 
The purpose is so that you can have rest. Uh, when they get older, you don't have to worry about what they're doing out with their friends on Friday night because they have been trained properly and they're going to give delight to your soul. Well, there's consequences for not disciplining our children. The consequence is that we lose them. I want you to think about someone who evidently did not discipline his children. In fact, he didn't. Now, the Bible says he didn't restrain his children. And that is Eli. Eli, the prophet, did not train his children properly. 1 Samuel 2 verse 12 says, Now the sons of Eli were corrupt. They did not know the Lord. Now we know Eli was faithful, but his sons, who would have been next in line, were not. Well, now look at 1 Samuel 3 verse 13. There we read, For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows, because his sons made themselves vile. And notice this, And he did not restrain them. His sons were in the process of making themselves vile, making themselves wicked. And rather than restraining his sons uh, or rebuking his sons, instead, Eli just looked the other way. He, he just swept it under the rug. He, for whatever reason, decided not to say anything. And what was the result of that? Turn back to chapter 2, verse 34. Now this shall be a sign to you that will come upon your two sons, talking to Eli, on Hophni and Phinehas. In one day they shall die, both of them. That's what happened to them. They were destroyed. Well, when we read about the destruction, the shame that comes from a lack of discipline, Eli and his sons and his lack of restraint, his lack of instruction, is a perfect example of what can happen. As we think about our parenting, we need to ask ourselves if we have order in our home. Is it father and mother leading the home uh, with God leading us and then children falling in line? Or is it the other way around, children leading the parents? Are we training our children? Are we bringing them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? Do we have a routine? Do we start every day and finish every day? And in the middle of the day, have a spiritual focus as a family? Speaking of focus, do we have the right priorities? Are we seeking first the kingdom of God? Is our citizenship in heaven rather than in earth? rather than on earth? And then are we disciplining our children? Are we discipling our children? Are we uh, making it a point to bring them to Christ and then to help them be better and better disciples of Christ? That is our role as Christian parents. I want to thank you for joining me for the podcast today. It's been a good one and uh, I certainly hope that this has been helpful to you as we looked at what the Bible says about parenting. You do your best and, and pray for God's guidance, pray for wisdom in parenting, and you'll be blessed. Uh, certainly, I, I need to do my best and 
and pray for those things as well because it is a challenge. It's difficult, but we can be godly parents and we can disciple our children. We can bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord if we do our best, if we have the focus that we need to have, if we put forth the effort that we need to put forth as faithful Christian parents. Thank you for joining us for the podcast today. Don't forget that we're joining the Scattered Abroad Network of Podcasts. You can find uh, more info on that in the show notes, and I'll be glad uh, to let you know anything you want to know about that. There's going to be some really good podcasts uh, that will be highlighted in that network starting in January. Really looking forward to that. Uh, we've got one more episode this season, though. Next week, we're going to talk about uh, a little bit of apologetics uh, on our last episode of the Everyday Christian Podcast for Season 2. So I hope that you'll join us then.